0: praise the lord if you're happy and you know it shout amen Amen. man i'm trying to keep up with these young guys and get these skinny jeans and need to get up and you got to push them all down you know (laughs) lord have mercy well it's so good to see everybody you know actually uh, he said come all the way out here it's one of my favorite places to come you guys we've been together a long time haven't we through the years and It's always such a joy to to be here. We love you. And if I haven't had an opportunity to meet you, I'm not one of these guys that, you know, have to hide out and protect the anointing. I'll speak to you, shake your hand, give you a good hug. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Hey, I know y'all have had a great time and uh, been fed the Word of God, been edified. And I I know uh, because I know these men, they've uh, been a good steward of that. So tonight's going to be a participator service not just a spectator service, but I'm going to give you some things uh, just as a source of encouragement and as a precursor, and then we'll get to the main event. Amen. <laughs> but you know, I was thinking about your, the name of the church today, you know, Fellowship Church, and I thought, who in the world would ever think that the name Fellowship Church would carry such prophetic implication as it does today? Because when you think of the name Fellowship uh, it has such spiritual significance, and it's, it's such a central uh, aspect of our lives together uh, as believers. And so, you know, as we begin tonight, I just want to commend you as a local church, as a people, your pastors, uh, for having these meetings, for gathering together as the body of Christ, to be uh, encouraged, to be strengthened, uh, to be equipped, to be uplifted, uh, you know, I, I I know that you're a mature body of Christ. I know you don't need my uh, commendation on that because you're just doing what comes naturally. Uh, but I want to extend it to you nevertheless because as I've traveled uh, this nation over the last year uh, extensively, I've witnessed a tremendous impact that uh, the situation of, of uh, 2020 and thereafter has had upon uh, the local churches around the nation. People have withdrawn from their activity uh, in the local church, from the gatherings of the local church. And unfortunately, it seems that the ideologies of our society uh, have infiltrated the minds and the hearts of even Christians. And that ideology is individualism, a seclusion, non-accountability, uh, uh, um, Uh, convenience, you know, all of these things. And it seems uh, that likewise, it's permeated some of the hearts and minds of believers, all of which are totally contrary to the ideologies of the kingdom of God. That is not our Father's design. It's not His desire for us as the body of Christ. And I, I think that one of the reasons perhaps that Satan has attempted to dismantle the impact of the local church worldwide is because he knows it's very dear to the heart of God. He knows it is central to the body of Christ. He knows it's essential to you and I as a Christian. So the good news is, however, that in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 18, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And if Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, guess what? (laughs) The gates of hell will not prevail against it. So tonight I just want to put us in remembrance of some things that uh, you know we've probably talked about in years gone by pertaining to the local church and its significance in our lives. Just as a, once again, a a precursor, if you will, to the main event and just to encourage you to continue to fulfill your place here at Fellowship Church with diligence, with determination, uh, because I believe uh, there's a blessing from God when you do that. So, thinking about I will build my church, you know, ever since Jesus spoke those words, he's been busy establishing his kingdom, building his church, the ecclesia, the elect, those who are called out, separated from the world, separated unto his divine purpose, and empowered to establish His will and His kingdom in the earth. And a very essential part of that building program or process is the local church. How many of you know that one of the most significant decisions that you and I will ever make as a Christian uh, is where we go to church? Did you know that one uh, decision will have tremendous impact upon us personally? upon the lives of our children, our family, uh, uh, many aspects of our lives, uh, and, our, and, and actually uh, our destiny, right? And it's interesting in 1 Corinthians 12, 18, people say, are, are you uh, over that? Well, 1 Corinthians 12, and notice in uh, verse 18, it's interesting to note that the Bible says God has set the members each one of them in the body, just as He pleased. Now notice it doesn't say just as we pleased, right? It says as He pleased. The Moffat translation says as we see, God has carefully placed each part of the body, notice, right where He wanted it. So, I don't know about you, but what that tells me is that where I go to church, if God, God is meticulous, God is a God of order, God is a God of design. So, what that tells me is that where I go to church and where you go to church is not necessarily a matter of personal preference as much as it is a matter of divine placement and appointment. And there are many reasons for that. First of all, God knows what every single one of us are going to need in this life, on our journey, to run our race uh, successfully, to finish our course successfully. He knows the revelation that we need, the impartations that we need. He also knows the relationships that we need, right? And so God will set us in a local church where we can be put on the right path Uh, to fulfilling our personal uh, destiny, whatever that may be in life. I also say, you know, the local church is where we find our significance as a Christian. It's where our individual purposes are discovered within the context of the corporate purpose. None of us were intended to be an entity unto ourselves. That's why this ideology of of, uh, being separated, individualism, isolation is so contrary to the kingdom. Because God never intended for any of us to be an entity unto ourselves. Our lives as a Christian, our lives, our destinies, they are interconnected in Christ. And so, once again, my life as a Christian and your life as a Christian can only find its true significance when we discover how we relate to the body of Christ as a whole. And that discovery primarily takes place within the context uh, of the local church. You know, uh, the local church, as we said, is a place where we should develop relationships. It's where we mutually supply one another. It's where we encourage one another. It's where we stand by one another. I was raised Southern Baptist. And man, I'm telling you, as a young Southern Baptist boy, the church was the hub of our family, a lot of our activity in the community. I mean, people were in church. And when one person hurt... Everybody rallied around them, they were taking meals, they were visiting in the hospital, they were praying. There was such a sense of community. And one thing that I've noticed in in the modern day church is that sense of community is somewhat lacking. And it's interesting to me that we would be given the admonition here in Hebrews 10, and you know the verse your your pastors have probably quoted a lot over the last few years, (laughs) or 20 months at least. Hebrews 10:25. what does it say? Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And boy, is this prophetic. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. God knew what would be taking place as this Dispensation culminated. He knew there would be challenges to the believers gathering together, staying in harmony, staying in unity. And we were given this word: don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. One translation says: Let's don't give up meeting together, encouraging one another. Right? Somebody say praise God for the local church. You know, there's a, um, there's a little cartoon on Facebook. You probably saw it or you've read it before. You know, uh, Mr. Jones died. And so he went up uh, into heaven and Peter met him there at the pearly gates. And he's checking the list. He says, oh, oh uh, let's see, Mr. Jones. Yes, Mr. Jones, I see you right here. Then he said, now, now I noticed that you didn't actually attend church but you did watch it on on live stream. So you won't actually be able to go into heaven, but you may watch it on live stream. (laughs) You know I'm just a kidding, but it's a good point, right? And I realize there are people who can't uh, come. We understand that, Uh, but we're just speaking in general. I'd never be where I am in my life today if it were not for my constant and continual relationship with the local church throughout my life. I was born and raised in the local church. I served in the local church since I was 16 years old. I was trained in the local church. I met my wife in the local church. Our ministry was launched from the local church. And a strong love and emphasis of our ministry today is still to the local church. So once again, we said to you, where we go to church is not so much a matter of personal preference as much as it is a matter of divine appointment. We said there's several reasons for that. First of all, God knows what we're going to need. The impartations, uh, the the revelations, uh, the the, uh, uh, Word of God, you know, that we need as a young believer. uh, We'll be encouraged, we'll be nurtured, we'll be preserved as a mature believer uh, as well. So God knows what we're going to need. Uh, But secondly, and additionally important, He knows once again the relationships that need to be forged. Kingdom connections, divine relationships that you make with people within the context of the local church that can affect your life personally, the lives of your children, business... And kingdom purposes, right? So relationships are central. And so God gathers people, if they're listening, to their appointed place. uh, Not only for what they need, but the relationships that can be forged. And then those relationships corporately uh, bring into fruition what we call uh, uh, the corporate destiny. Because there are not only individual destinies, as you know, but there are corporate ones. So God places people in local churches for the fulfillment of those destinies. We've read this, or maybe you have in times past, I'm not sure, but in Exodus 31, uh, verse 1, just to kind of give you a picture of this principle. Exodus 31, verses 1 through 6, I want you to notice. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, See, I've called by name Bezaleel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, the, of the tribe of Judah. And I've filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship to design artistic works. To work in gold and silver and in bronze, in cutting uh, jewels, in setting, and carving uh, wood, to work in all manner of workmanship, and I indeed have appointed with him a holyab, the son of Ahishma, the tribe of Dan. And I put wisdom in the hearts of all the gifted artisans that they may make all that I have commanded you. Then verse 11, and the anointing oil and the sweet incense for the holy place, according to all that I have commanded you, shall they do. Isn't that an awesome concept? God said, hey, I've got an assignment for you. Moses, I want you to build a tabernacle. I'm giving you the assignment, but I'm also surrounding you with individuals who I have gifted and enabled uh, to assist in every aspect of that project to bring it into fruition. So what do we know? When God calls a pastor and places a vision in their heart and plants them in a community, He simultaneously calls a people if they're listening, with the gifts, the graces, the abilities, the resources uh, to rally around that vision, to supply that vision, and to bring it into fruition. So I always tell people, never let anything or anyone separate you from your God-appointed placement in the body of Christ as it pertains to the local church. Because I've been around a while and I've seen people leave churches over offense. Maybe uh, they get disappointed in life uh, because of things that have happened and they just fall away. Sometimes there's personal agendas. Uh, You know, various reasons. We do realize people transition at times by the will of God uh, uh, to different cities and so forth. But... uh, Staying planted, staying put, is so, so important. Uh, You know, I'm convinced there's an eternal reward. For people who will fulfill their God appointed place. You know, uh, sometimes when we, we give testimonies about our life and, uh, you know, how God's plan unfolded, and oh man, you know, I was born here, but I went there, and then I ended up there, and then I went to this place and this nation, and oh, God's plan was fulfilled, and, and that's exciting. I have a lot of that in my testimony. But I'll tell you a very real testimony a person can be born, raised, Live in the same state, in the same city, plugged into the same local church their entire life in direct harmony with the absolute plan and purpose of God for their lives. And what a blessing it is. Woo! Hallelujah. And you know, I was just thinking as I'm looking around tonight, you know, and I look, I drive on this campus. You guys have been faithful. And I know many of you, I've seen your faces for years. You've supplied the vision of this house house not just financially, but spiritually with your gifts, your graces, your abilities. And I'm telling you, God is pleased. And how many of you believe the best is yet to come? You say, man, how can you say that? That sounds like such a cliche. The best is yet to come. Well, I say it on the basis of the Scripture. Proverbs 4 and 18. The path of the righteous. Is like the light of dawn. It shines brighter and brighter until it reaches its full strength in the perfect day. Whoo, aren't you glad? So tonight, you know, I just wanted to encourage you around those lines. It just seemed to me, and I know, you know, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, we had a similar type of service. Time flies, but it was at least that. We had what we call a celebration service. And I don't know, it just seemed good to me and to the Holy Ghost, we should end this week with a celebration service. What do you say? Celebrating what? The goodness of God. The faithfulness of God. Right? Because you've heard about that. Faithful to His covenant. Faithful to His Word. And I know some people in here have some things to celebrate. But before we do that, I want to lay a little foundation, just a review from which to operate. I always like to lay the foundation from the Scripture, then you feel comfortable when, the, when it all starts, right? <laughs> so you know these things, but we'll review them. You know, in the Old Testament, there was a priesthood from the tribe of Levi, right? And it was the responsibility of the priesthood, of course, to offer the sacrifices that were required as ordinances of worship under the Old Covenant, there were daily sacrifices, weekly sacrifices, annual sacrifices, wave offerings, grain offerings, uh, offerings given for restored health. You name it, they had it, right? And it was the responsibility of the priesthood to offer those sacrifices. How many of you know in the New Covenant the priesthood still exists? How do you know, Brother Marty? Because the Bible tells us so. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, notice. You... Are a chosen generation. A what? Somebody tell me. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. His own special people. I, the King James says peculiar. I thought, well, I like the new King James. Special. Isn't that special? That you may proclaim. <laughs> Somebody says, Well, aren't you special? You say, Yes, I am. <laughs> I crack myself up sometimes, I don't know. His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So you and I, as the sons and daughters of God, we constitute this New Testament priesthood. And how many of you realize uh, that as the New Testament priesthood, there's still sacrifices that are to be offered? Right? Now, in the Old Covenant, we understand this. Man is separated from God because of sin. There's a sin problem. Romans 6.23 says what? The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in the Old Testament, there's a sin problem. Said Here's what we're going to do, God said. We're going to devise a temporary solution. Right? And so here's what we're going to do for this sin problem. Because the wages or the payment or the compensation necessary for sin is death, here's what we're going to do. Every year, once a year, the high priest and only the high priest will come into the Holy of Holies. He will shed the blood of a sacrificial animal upon the altar and he will sprinkle its blood on the mercy seat as payment or compensation for the sins of the people uh, for one year. We're going to call this the day of of atonement, the day of compensation, the day of payment, and we'll do it every year. You say, well, why blood? Well, Leviticus eleven seventeen 17 or seventeen eleven. what is it? Says, seventeen eleven. says, the life of the flesh is in the blood. Therefore, I've given it to you upon the altar to make atonement or payment or compensation for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So when shedding the blood of that animal, it was pouring out the life of that animal. And God said, I'm going to receive the life of that animal as payment for the sins of the people for one year, and we'll do it every year until the final solution can come, which He did. Matthew 1 and 21. She shall bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. For he will do what? He will save his people from their sins. How? How? By shedding his own blood, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundations of the world, shedding his blood upon uh, uh, the altar of the cross, eternally purging the, the sins of all those who will believe in the sacrifice. How many of you believe? Oh, that's some good news. Notice Hebrews 9 and 12. The Bible says, Not with the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood. He entered once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. So that particular uh, sacrifice never has to be offered again. It's been offered once and for all totally satisfying the eternal claims of justice. Uh, So that never has to be offered. However, there are sacrifices, right, that have to be offered in the new covenant that are required as ordinances of worship by the priesthood. That's you and I. Well, what are those sacrifices? Well, it's not the, the blood of bulls, goats, pigeons, or doves, is it? What kind of sacrifices are they? They're spiritual sacrifices. They're spiritual in nature, they're spiritual in origin. Notice first Peter 2 5. You also, as lively stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, yeah, to offer what? Spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. So once again, these Sacrifices are spiritual in nature and origin, and it's our responsibility to offer them. Aren't you glad the New Testament tells us what they are? One of them is in, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, you know it. Paul said, I, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. One translation says, your spiritual worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Right? So... One of the sacrifices we're to offer is our lives, our bodies, a living moment-by-moment moment, lifetime sacrifice. <laughs> How many of you know worship is not an event? Right? It's a lifestyle. And God said, a part of your Worship to me as the priesthood, son and daughter, is to offer your body, your life, a living moment-by-moment sacrifice, uh, submitted to me, obedient to me, responsive to me, right? But the one we want to camp on tonight, uh, and we, you know, I like it. It's found in Hebrews 13.15. Hebrews 13.15, you know it, some of you said it. Therefore, by Him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is, and then aren't you glad he clarifies, so we know exactly what the sacrifice of praise consists of? Don't have to guess. That is the fruit of our lips giving thanks unto His name. I mean, back in the 80s, you wouldn't believe some of the things that were done in the name of praise. Praise. Oh, Lord have mercy. Trying to go back into the old covenant and do it like they did. Thank God we're in a new one and a better one. And we worship in spirit and truth, right? But anyway, the sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips giving thanks. So praise demands the expression of the heart in thanksgiving through the lips of or the mouth that is the sacrifice of praise scripture confirms it uh, Psalm 34 in verse 1 just laying a foundation get ready Psalm 34 in verse 1 I will bless the Lord at all times his praise shall continually be where in my mouth so we see the association right here's another one Psalm 71 in verse 8 let my mouth be Filled with your praise and with your honor all the day. So, you know, in Bible school, I taught the heart of the worshiper as one of the courses. And so we kind of look at the words, you know, praise, worship, different things like that. So one of the, the, one of the uh, aspects of praise from the Hebrew, there are actually several uh, connotations to the word. Uh, I'll just reiterate them uh, to you. Although you know them. But the first aspect of of praise from the Hebrew is is to shine. So that has something to do with your countenance, right? So when we get ready to praise, I don't want to see any of this. Right? Lift up your countenance. Oh, you saints of God. Woo-hoo! Right? So there's something about your countenance that is reflecting uh, your praise to God. It means to shine. Then the second meaning is to make a show. Make a show. What does that mean? Well, obviously, uh, there's something that can be seen, demonstrated. When people are praising God, uh, at times there can be some commotion. Right, some activity (laughs) oh lord have mercy to shine to make a show to boast you know when I was a kid you you probably remember some of these little kids they'd get around there you know tussling about something they'd say well my dad's bigger than your dad you ever heard that my dad can kick your dad's butt you're right and so you know you go back. that's boasting right talking you know you're boasting well a part of praise is boasting my god is greater than anything that comes my way my god is almighty god my god there's no god before him none above him none beside him he alone is god my god is el shaddai my god is yahweh you just get a little cocky, right? <clears throat> so praise is to shine, make a show, boast about Him, right? And then it, it goes on. Uh, the next one is celebrate. Don't you like that word? We've looked at it. But a part of praise is celebration. Guys, when you celebrate, have you ever seen anybody Celebrate. I mean, you go to a football game, man, you go to a basketball game, hockey, uh, soccer, whatever it is, you know, and when somebody makes a goal or a touchdown, you don't see them standing over there saying, Well, isn't that wonderful, Martha? They had a touchdown. Awesome. Not if you're a fan. I mean, if you're a fan... You're a true fan and they make that touchdown. I mean, you're, whoa, you're going up and down. You're jumping around. You're slapping people. Don't rip your shirt off in here, but they do that. I mean, they get happy. They what? They're celebrating. And nobody thinks a thing about it. Why? Oh man, they're just a fanatic, they're a fan. Jesus did a lot more than take a bag of wind down the field. Woo, he saved us, redeemed us, delivered us, gave us eternity with Him. He deserves a little celebration, right? And that can be however you feel it, right? Making a show. If you want to dance, run, shout, just have at it to shine. Make a show boast celebrate and then of course the last one means uh, aspect is is to commend or speak favorably of that's involved in praise when you're commending and speaking favorably which is you're just simply saying father thank you for what an amazing and awesome uh, thing you've done for us in Christ thank you that you made us new creations Thank You that You delivered us from the power of darkness and You translated us into the kingdom of Your dear Son. You brought us out of death into life. Thank You. You raised us up and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Thank You. Woo! That doesn't light your fire, your wood's wet. Right? So, then of course, the Greek means, or one of the emphasis there is, the genuine confession of facts in one's life that brings glory or praise to God. So the genuine confession in one's life that brings glory to God. So that's the personal aspect. Did you get that? The genuine confession. That means things that God has done for you personally, like we were talking about Brother Steve. I mean when He saved you and He delivered you. And He saved your marriage or got your kids off drugs or helped you with a job or, or helped you keep that house when they wanted to take it from you or gave you a promotion or whatever He's done for you personally. And, yet, and you want to thank Him for it and confess His goodness about it. So we're going to offer up the sacrifice of praise tonight. First Chronicles 16.34 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Thanksgiving's coming, Right? How many of you know it shouldn't be delegated to just a day, right? Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because He's good. And His mercy endures forever. Now, I love these verses. I'm going to read you a couple of them. Psalm 92 in verse 1. Watch this. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Now, I want to read that to you out of the Living Bible. Listen. It is good to say thank you to the Lord and to sing praises to the God who is above all gods. Watch verse 2. Every morning tell Him, thank you for your kindness. Every evening rejoice in His faithfulness. You know what the word rejoice means? To feel and show great joy. Now here's another one. Psalm 35 and 28. My tongue, there's the tongue again. My tongue shall speak of your righteousness and of your praise all the day long. Now now here's the one I like in the Living Bible. Same verse, but listen. The psalmist said, 3528, Living Bible. I will tell everyone how great and how good you are. And I will praise you all day long. I'll tell everybody, <laughs> right? So here's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to have a celebration service. We're going to start I'm giving you a few you know, instructions We're going to start with a corporate praise, just reflecting upon the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God to you, corporately, to you, personally, and I mean we're going to lift a shout. We're going to scare every devil in council bluffs and surrounding areas. You say, now, shout. Come on. Do I have to shout? Shout, shout, shout. They're always saying shout, shout, shout. Why do I have to shout? I don't know. But God likes it. And if He likes it, I like it. Right? How do you know He likes it? Well, All you have to do is
1: read the Old Testament. Every battle plan
0: just about when Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho, do this, 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 shout, God told him to do it, Gideon the Midianites, Israel and the Philistines, He likes it, right so we 're going to give a shout, and then i 'm going to ask different ones of you and we 've done this probably seven years ago, maybe eight. Uh, you know, some anniversary celebration or something, but I'm going to ask different ones of you as your heart prompts you. And don't sit there and look at me like a bump on the log, because I'll come get you, right? But I'm going to ask different ones of you as your heart prompts you uh, to come up and tell it, right? If God's done something for you personally, If you've been healed in these meetings, or if you've had a a healing in, in days gone by, I don't care how many years it's been, or if He's helped you financially, or in your family, or in your marriage, or whatever it is, I want you to come testify. That's called giving the sacrifice of praise in the sanctuary, among the congregation. And did you know it brings God glory? In 1953, Brother Hagan was in Phoenix, Arizona, holding a meeting. After the meeting, they went to the pastor's house to fellowship. And he said, as he got there, he had a burden to pray. So he began to pray in the Spirit, dismissed himself, and I think some of the others may have prayed with him. But all of a sudden, he's in the Spirit, he has a vision. He sees uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, shows him about a man who was 72 years old that would be in the service that uh, following Sunday and how he would get saved, talk to him about his ministry, finances, things happening in the government. And then he was departing. Jesus turned to depart in the vision. And Brother Hagan said, uh, Lord Jesus, before you go, may I ask you something? You remember that? And he said, he turned around, traced his steps backwards and said, certainly. And he said, you know, I've been studying Mark chapter 5 with a woman with the issue of blood. And he said, you know, uh, it seems as though the Holy Spirit has been attempting to illuminate a message to me, but I've been unable to receive it in totality. And he said, while you're here, do you mind giving me that? (laughs) Isn't that hilarious? But Jesus said, sure. So he opens eyes because he's, he's got a, that's what you call a spiritual vision when your eyes are closed but you're seeing into the spirit realm. So he opened his eyes and said, give me a piece of paper. So he got a piece of paper and a pencil, shut his eyes again, there, there's Jesus. And so they're communicating. So he said, now, you remember the story with the woman with the issue of blood? She pressed through the crowd. Uh, She said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I shall be healed. And so uh, when she did that, she was healed. And then she came before him and told him all that had happened. You remember that? So he he gave him four points. He said, if anyone anywhere will institute these four points on a consistent basis, they can receive whatever they need from me or God the Father. The first one was, say it. Say it, right? We're not teaching that tonight. Do it. Act on it. Uh, uh, Receive it. But then guess what the fourth one was? Go tell it. He said go tell it because it inspires others to believe and it gives glory to God. There's something about telling what God has done for us that causes faith to Arise in the hearts of other people, and it brings glory to our Father. So we're going to tell some things tonight. Now let me say this as sweet as I can. Uh, I do want people to come up. We'll go. I'll have you over there, and have you come over there, and you'll come up on the stage, and I'll I'll hold the microphone. And then I want you to give us what we call headliners. Right? You ladies know you got the newspaper, got headlines, fine print. We want the headlines because we don't have time for the fine print, right? Enough to make it interesting, but we don't want to bog it, you know, down and then. So we want to keep the momentum. So get as clear as you can whatever something he's done. Now, I want you to start thinking about it because when I ask for people to come up and tell it, I want you to come tell it, all right? And when you do, man, we're going to celebrate. We're going to get happy. I don't know about you. I'm going to make a show. Woo! Glory to God. And then after that, we'll give... This is in three phases. The first is in thanksgiving for all He has done. The second is tell it. And then the third, we're going to give a big final, what I call corporate praise. uh, And what I call that is the praise of faith. And, And what I mean by that is Lillian B. Yeomans made this statement. She said praise... Hastens victory. There's something about praising God. It seems, as you read Scripture, as in all those accounts where they shouted, is though it, it seems as though it activates at times uh, the power of God. Are you with me? So if you're believing for something specific that hasn't yet manifested, that last praise. Is going to be a praise of expectation and in expectation. Uh, You know the story just as an example. Let me finish up with this and then we'll go. In 2 Chronicles 20, you've probably read it multiple times where the Ammonites and the Moabites and the inhabitants of Mount Seir are uh, gathered together against Jehoshaphat and uh, the, the kingdom of Judah. Are you familiar with that? And man, I mean, it looks like they are facing an impossible situation. All the odds are against them. I mean, it's a mountain. And Jehoshaphat, the Bible says initially, man, he was afraid. And he went to seek God. And in verse 12 of 2 Chronicles 20, notice what it says. Oh God, will you not judge them? We have no power against this great multitude that's coming against us, nor do we know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Amen. That's a good place to have them, right? And then, of course, so he's beseeching God, and the Holy Ghost comes upon Jehaziel, uh, the son of Zechariah, and he begins to prophesy, and look in verse 15, the Lord said to him, Listen, all you of Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat, Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Man, isn't that comforting? And maybe he's saying that to some people in this room tonight. Hey, the battle's not yours. I got this thing. I'm going to see you through it. We got the victory, right? You just got to hold steady, trust me, and believe me. And then he gives them some instructions about where to go, when to go, what to do. And then the Bible says they stood up and they begin to praise God in a very quiet, reverent voice. Huh? You ever read the story? No, loud. It's all right to get loud. You know, that's why we shout. They say the tough stains, like the detergent, you got to shout it out, right? And, and so sometimes, you, you may need to blow the cobwebs out tonight. That's a good way to do it, man. I'm telling you, blow the cobwebs out. <laughs> so anyway, they get down there, and this is awesome. Verse 21 and 22, he, speaking of Jehoshaphat, when he consulted with the people, He appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army. We're saying, praise the Lord for His mercy endures forever. Now, did you get that? Here he puts the praise and worship team out front in front of those that have the the weapons. Don't you know there were a lot of choir members missing that morning? (laughs) Mr. Jehoshaphat, my throat's bothering me. I better sit this one out. No, 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 that's not what happened. I mean, they heard the word of the Lord. They they trusted it. They believed it. And man, they're out there in front of the army. And they start praising God. They had no natural weapons, no natural way of defending themselves. All they were carrying into that battle were the garments of praise. And praise God, there is power in praise. Now watch what happens. This is Bible. You need something to come through for you tonight. Right here. Verse 22. When they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. Now I want you to notice when, it wasn't before, when they began to sing and praise that the promise of the battle being the Lord's and the enemies being defeated came into fruition. Right? When they began to praise. It's like pulling a trigger. When we we praise God from our hearts and we release that praise, It's like pulling a a trigger, and a deluge man of God's power can be released, and he starts doing what he does best delivering, healing, right? Setting free, redeeming. Now, watch what happens, verse 23. For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of Mount Seir to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they'd made an end of the inhabitants of Seir, they helped to destroy one another. You want to put some confusion in the enemy's camp tonight, man? Start praising God. Now, you know the most awesome thing about this, though, is Jehoshaphat and all that army and the people praising God, they had Absolutely no idea what was happening on the other side of that mountain ridge. They had no visual. All they were doing was praising God in obedience to His Word. And when they did that in faith and started praising God over here, He started doing something over there. Before they ever saw it. You see the spiritual principle there? You can praise God in here for something tonight that you need. You've prayed your prayer. You're standing in faith. But now we need to praise. Right? And you praise God over here in this place. And He starts working over there in your situation. And so, verse 24, our last one here. So when Judah came to a place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude. And there were dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. Whew. Man, I'm telling you, when God does something, He does it right. He finishes the job. How many of you need some, something finished? So we're going to do this. We're going to stand up in this place. We're going to give God a corporate praise in a moment. Starting off for what He has done for His goodness, because we love Him, because He's worthy. Then different ones of you are going to come up, and I'll call you one at a time on each side, and you're going to tell us something good that our Heavenly Father has done for you. You're going to tell it, and other people will be encouraged by it, right? And you're going to give me the headlines. Not the latest sermon, not the latest revelation, a testimony. Hallelujah right and then we're going to give one final praise in expectation i had a girl uh she came to one of these services i don't know 10 years ago i say one of these a service somewhere and uh she uh she waited 10 years to give me the to send the testimony to the office but she said mr blackwell are we wearing a service and she said, "You know, uh, I'd never been into those types of services before, where people were you know praising God out loud, and they were some people were running and and you know carrying on. And she said, "I had my hair fixed real nice and my high heels on looking really nice And, and so she said, the, uh, you know the, the praises of the people begin to feel the atmosphere. <laughs> You've read that over there in Acts 16." You know, with Paul and Silas, they prayed and sang praises and the prisoners heard them. And the interesting thing about that is when the earthquake occurred, it said not only was their cell opened, but everybody else's. Not just their bands, but everybody in the vicinity. Because when we praise God, friends, He inhabits that. And everybody in the vicinity can be blessed. As pastor said, the yoke can be destroyed. The burden lifted. You can go out of this place tonight. If something's been trying to just hold you down, you can be absolutely free. If all of us will participate in the sacrifice of praise tonight. Doing what? Shining. Boasting. Celebrating. Commending. Speaking favorably of. Are you with me? So she said, something came on me. She said, I know now it was the anointing. But I didn't know then. I just had this sense that I should take off running. And she said, to be honest with you, I had several reservations. My hair was fixed. I had high heels and a dress on. She said, but beyond that, I'd had asthma all my life. I couldn't run. If I ran, I'd be gasping, you know. And so she said, I just stood there. And it died down. And then you got back up there and said, someone missed their opportunity. You had an unction to act on something. So we're going to praise Him again and give you that chance. She said, everybody started praising God again. And she said, that same sense came on me. So she said, I kicked off my shoes and I took off running around that auditorium. And she said, normally I never would have made it because of chronic asthma. But she said, when, the, when I started off around that auditorium, she said, that anointing just came on me stronger. And she said, I ran, I don't know, several times. But anyway, she said, from that night forward... I was delivered and healed of chronic asthma. And for ten years, she said, I've waited ten years, but I've never had another episode of it. Isn't God good? wonder if there's any power in praise. Just seems good to end this thing in some celebration. Everybody stand up. Come on. Oh, glory to God. Now, there may be an usher. Maybe we can get two ushers uh, when we get to the second phase to help any ladies up the step. And I'll call on you one-on-one. This is Participation Wednesday, right? You've been fed, man. You've been edified. You've been blessed. (laughs) Now it's time to what? Give Him praise. Tell it. I'll tell everyone how awesome and wonderful you are and what you've done for me. So you start thinking about that, all right? Because it'll bless people. Are you ready? On the count of three. We're going to give it... You know, I like that. Just to count to three. I like to count to three. We're going to give God a praise. Are you <laughs> now, now, everybody's got to participate. You say, well, I've never shouted before. Well, this is a good chance. Nobody's going to be looking at you. We're all going to be shouting our own shout. You read the Psalms, man. Shoutings all over it. Woo! Woo! So what do, we, what do I shout? Well, you can shout hallelujah if you want to. You can shout glory to God. Or you can just start shouting your thanksgiving and praise for all the things He's done for you and how much you appreciate it. You just have your own personal sacrifice. Are you ready? now? I mean raise the roof. Let your lungs put some air behind it. All right? Let's try to sound like they... Now, I know they had several million people, but let's try, to, let's try to sound like the children of Israel did when they circled that
1: <laughs> Jericho.
0: <laughs> Can you imagine that? Woo! You talk about a rumble in the Spirit. I've heard it said, and so have you, that our celebration is a demonstration of our faith in the fact. God has heard my prayer. And the answer's on the way. Are you ready? One, two, three. Come on.
1: (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you. We praise you. We magnify you, sir. You are good to us. We worship you, Lord. Oh, we give you praise. Woo! Come on, keep shouting a little bit. Hey, give Him praise. Give Him the glory. Hey, give Him praise. Thank you, Lord. Father, You're worthy. Oh, You're so. morning started me on my way give him the glory hey give him praise come on you got a right to praise him you You ought to praise the lord you got a right to praise him Hey, you know why you got a right to praise him has he done anything good for you (laughs) I know He has. Whoa! Hey! Give the praise the Lord. You know He woke us up this morning, started this on our way.
0: way. Hey. Give Him the glory! All right now! Give him All right now! Listen, here we go. Turn me down just a little bit. I want somebody to come up here and tell us something good God's done for. You. Come on, come testify. Don't sit there and look at it. If somebody will start it, other people will follow through. Come on, brother. Come stand, come on over this way. Want going to go over that. Come on up here and tell us. I'll meet you right out here. Hey, and you wait right there. And he's coming. Tell us how good its I'm going to hold him. Okay. Well, God delivered me
1: from three addictions. Woo-hoo. They were killing me spiritually and physically. And I'll tell you what, he has ordered our steps. We are not to go, we're not to buy. He put it in our hearts to come here to this church from far away. And he's going to do great things. wonder only God could heal you. And he's going to do it. (laughs) All you're going to have to do is receive in the name of Jesus. Man, somebody shout. Come over here.
0: Delivered. He's a deliverer. Come on, tell us how good he's been.
2: He freed me. He gave me salvation and freed me from bondage of fear and so many other things and healing. I was healed last night. My neck
1: is so much better. It's awesome.
0: Hey, Woo, you got a right to praise it. Stand right here and tell us how good it's been. Once I was dead, but now I'm alive. February 8th, 2019, I died six times day I stand before you <laughs> healthier than I was
1: then he's the resurrection and the life can y'all hear that
0: he died six times Ooh, come on honey let me help you up give me some ushers over these give me some ushers over these places come tell us how good he's been too alright hold on
2: He is so awesome. In 2013, I had a 1.3 million to one brain tumor, and I had seven hours
0: surgery, and God took it away. And three months later, I had two strokes. And praise God, here I am today.
1: (laughs)
2: That's it. But in 2017, the devil tried to take me out again with another rare brain tumor that was
0: inoperable. God took it away.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. Come here and tell us how good he's been, too.
2: He healed my ears. They, they were draining, and I didn't know what
1: it was. But. <laughs> <laughs> come on, start that thing again. Hey, come on up here. He's the healer.
0: Woo! Come on up. Come on, it's good. I'll tell everybody. I'm telling you, I know there's some stories right out here. Some of you young people, come testify. Tell us how good it is.
2: As of April of this year, for the first time in 50 years of marriage, we all no man anything, we're debt-free! <laughs> hey,
1: if you want to be debt-free, you ought to
2: celebrate
1: Give with her.
0: <laughs> Woo! hallelujah! Come on, tell us how good.
2: So since I've been coming here, I no longer have anxiety. Mr. Crow helped me with my sinuses.
0: And I'm grateful. that's so precious. No longer has anxiety. Come on, brother. Tell us how good it's been. He
1: has changed my heart in such a way where I used to hate people. And now I love people with his love. And it's just amazing. He took me from dead religion to a living relationship.
0: (laughs) Come on, buddy. Come on, get some people in the wings around here. Come on. Tell us how good he's been.
1: In 2015, uh, I had pneumonia, and he healed me in about one and a half weeks. (laughs) Glory. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, give me a few more. What's
0: he done for you? What's he done for you? Well, aren't you cute? Isn't she cute? Look here. Tell us how good he is.
2: Uh, my name is Um we were going through bankruptcy back in the 80's and we lost all our machinery, all our livestock and we had a family that stepped forward and they bought our farm and we could pay it back in six years and we did, thank you, God.
0: <laughs> he is faithful in me. Does anybody else have something they want to come tell? Come on, Miss Jones. Come on, guys. There's somebody out in this area that needs to testify. Come tell us. Come on. It'll what? It'll cause faith to rise.
2: God gave us grandchild number six.
0: <laughs> and that makes a grandma happy, doesn't
1: it?
0: Ooh, glory to God. Come on. A few more. Get out of your seat. Come tell us. Come tell us. And then we'll move on, but I want some more testimonies. Come on out here. Tell us how good. I'll tell him every day. Thank you, Lord.
2: I'm thank you to God because I had back surgery and had problems with it and God healed me.
0: He's a healer. Come on up, brother. Come on. Tell
1: us how good he's been. I got an OWI
2: two and a half years ago in October, and I sat down in the jail cell, and I cried, and the Lord came down, and I haven't drank a touch of alcohol since. I don't smoke. I don't gamble. I gave it all up thanks to this minister right here.
0: (laughs) Come on, buddy. Woo! That is so beautiful. I love to hear what God does in people's lives. Tell us, man.
2: Um, after school one day, um, my brother let the dogs in and Rosie, she had a mark on her back and we thought a cat or dog attacked her, but she's gotten better now.
0: Praise God. Come on, honey.
1: Hey, come on.
0: Tell us how good this been to
2: I just thank God I'm getting more hours at my job, and I just thank God for that, yes.
1: Beautiful, for a job. Thank God for a job.
0: Come on. Hey! Tell us how good he's been.
2: Okay, the month of August, I got COVID, septic, pneumonia, and needed three root canals not only did he heal me of all of that, but he also paid the bill in full.
1: (laughs) Come on, Bubba!
2: Well, regarding grandchild number six, you might not know all the details, but we tried to get pregnant for three and a half years. The doctor said, you're infertile, you can have no more kids, but the Bible says. Your wife is a fruitful vine in the midst of your home and your children are like olive plants around your table. Hallelujah.
1: (laughs) We had a similar story. Come on up here, honey. Tell us how good he's been to you
2: of babies. Last year we had a little girl. She was emergency C-section and wasn't looking so good. It was a prolapsed cord. And I've got a beautiful one-year-old baby girl back there.
0: Glory to God. Woo, the Lord is good, isn't He? Oh, Hallelujah. All right. So here, anybody else want to come tell how good He is before we move? Anybody else? Don't you love hearing that? Come on, Pastor. Woo. You can't
1: always tell this in your own church but I'll tell it in this church. A few years back, I asked the Lord for a million-dollar gift because I wanted to do something special in missions. And uh, and sure enough, a lady calls and tells me to come to see her. So I go to see her, and she says, I've never tithed the way I should. And she said, I've never really been to your church much, but I'm going to gift you with a million dollars. and we bless missionaries all over the world with it, hallelujah God's bigger than anything and he's not limiting sometimes you gotta ask right
0: oh hallelujah I tell you, oh that's awesome now I wanna ask you something Now, now we're getting to this third aspect the first was what he has done the second is what he is doing and has done Now, this is for anticipation, expectation, activation of something you're believing for. Now, don't just stand there and, and, you know, no get something in your mind and heart that you've really been believing God or thanking God for or standing for physically, financially, relationally, and then on the count of three, I want you to demonstrate how you would praise God if it was already in your possession. Are you ready? Just like they did over there with Judah, right? They started praising over here. God started working over there. I got something I'm going to praise Him for. Are you ready? Now, you
1: might have to dance. You might have to shout. You might have to run. Whatever you want to do, make a show. Are you ready? One, two, three. Isn't it? Woo. Woo. Glory! Hey!
0: Glory! I'll tell you what. Bring that one down. Get that other one queued up cuz listen. I got some expectation. Anybody else? You know, the Word of the Lord came to me. I might have been here, I don't know, several years ago or somewhere else. Because He you know, speaks in different prophetic utterances and things in different times. And, but that Word is just stuck in my spirit. And the Lord said uh, uh, in that setting, He said, Now is not the time to draw back, to relinquish your position of confidence, to let go of the things that you've asked Me for. Or to abandon that which I have placed in your heart to accomplish, to achieve, or to do. But now is the time to stand strong in your faith. Refuse to let go. Stay in agreement with me, saith God, and declare it so. It will all come to pass. Yes, we can, Lord. Yes, we will. All that you've promised and purposed and planned, it will be accomplished and it will be fulfilled. You believe that? We're not drawing back. And You know what I believe?
1: (laughs) I believe, I believe
0: that our praise just activated some things. I believe you'll you'll find your situation changing. And, And I'm expecting your testimony to be the words of this song. Look what the Lord has done. Crank it up, brother. Give me some verbs. Hey! Look what the Lord has
1: done. Hey! He healed my body. body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm gonna praise His, His name. He stays just a trap. trap. Hey! Come now me, praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. That's what we're gonna say. Yeah. Hey, look what the Lord has done. Hey, look what the Lord has done. Hi. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise Him. He's dead. He's just the same. Come on and praise Him. Look what the Lord has done. Oh, listen. I got it. I got it. I got it. Something about that Holy Ghost, I can't explain it, but I got it. <laughs> I got it. I got it, I got it. I don't know, somebody ought to take off in here. Got it. got it, I got it. Hey, something about that Holy Ghost, I can't explain it, but I got it in my hands, got it in my feet, got it in my walk, got it in my talk. Got it all over me. God's not dead. He's still alive. God's not dead, y'all. He's still alive. God's not dead. He's, He's still alive. Still I fit it in my hands. Fit, fit, fit it in my feet. Feel it in my wall Fit it in my talk. Fit it all over me. God's not dead. He's still alive. God's not dead, y'all. He's still alive. Got it. Got, it. got it, I got it, you got it <laughs> something about, about that Holy Ghost. I, I can't, can't explain, explain it, but I, I got it in my hands, got it in my feet, got it in my walk, got it in my talk, got it in my hands, got it in my feet, got it in my walk, got it in my talk, got it all over me. Somebody help me, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Hey, he healed, healed my body. He that's what you're going to say. He, he gave mind. me just <laughs> in time. Oh, <for>, Lord, <laughs> He said he's just going to say. praise him. Look what the Lord has done. <laughs> Look what the Lord has done. Woo! <laughs> Look what the Lord has done. <laughs> Look what the Touch my mind. he saved me just time Hey! Praise he his name. Yeah. Is He safe! Come now praise him! Look, Look what the Lord!
0: Father, we love you. You are so good to us, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we do believe that the best is yet to come. We will not draw back. We will not let go. We will not abandon the things that you put in our heart and spirit to do or that that we've claimed by faith. Because it will all come to pass. Woo, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Man, thank you for sharing those testimonies. I don't know, it just lights my fire to hear what God does because the word works. That's the beauty of community in the in the in the company of saints in the in the local church where people are fed, they're nurtured, they're protected, they're covered and then God does beautiful things. It's just awesome. I'm not trying to drag it out, how Brother Hagin used to tell us it's fine to ride the horse, just don't drag it to death. You (laughs) know, that's what he (laughs) did. That's what I learned. Anyway, we love you. Praise God. Let's just lift our hands one more time. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord, for answering these prayers. All those who praised you in faith, Father, you know the needs. Thank you that you answer. Thank you that you deliver. Thank you that you turn seemingly impossible situations into positive outcomes for your glory, and for your namesake. Oh, we give you praise. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, if there's anyone here tonight, I, I'm sure most of you are born again, but we don't want to assume. If there's anyone here and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, that's the most important decision you'll ever make. It's an eternal one. The gospel's simple. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but through the world He might have life. And He said, all I need is this response from you. If you will believe that in your heart and you will confess that with your mouth, then you shall be saved. But with your heart you believe and with your mouth you confess unto salvation. Is there anyone here you just want to settle it? Make sure. No need to leave unsettled tonight. Raise it high where I can see it just to make sure. Anybody? Anybody? Everybody in the house is born again? Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, Pastor. He's, I don't know if he's going to be able to come or not, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm going to give it to you anyway.
2: Can we just worship the Lord for a moment here? Yeah, just lift up your hands toward heaven. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we love you. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let's uh, let's just wait just a minute. Can you continue to worship God here for just a minute with me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm, glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, Father. Hallelujah. Mm, thank you, Lord. Praise God. Well, how many are glad you came tonight? Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Isn't he good? Mm, glory to God. Yeah, that's right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I don't know. I, I I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Something going on. I mean, you know. I um, I don't think we're really through yet. I, and and here's the thing. i was standing there. Minding my own business till he showed up, (laughs) and um, so then here we are. And uh, um, I think there's something. And when I say that, I don't I don't mean to be uh, uh, cryptic or or anything of that nature. But you know, sometimes there's things that maybe God wants to say or do or whatever the case might be. And It kind of takes a little while for us to kind of sort through that, if that's the right way to put it. So when I was standing there, I had this unction, but I don't quite have that now. So I'm just kind of, you know, minding my own business. But, you know, yeah. Hallelujah. Let's worship the Lord just a little bit more. You know, somebody, now let's just close our eyes and let's just look to the Lord here. And, and I don't, I'm not asking you to try to drum something up uh, at all. But if you have an unction from the Holy Ghost, I want you to just give that out. And, and you know. I mean, it isn't some kind of, well, I wonder if I got it. You know. And just obey the Holy Ghost. Come on. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 For there are times of trouble in which we live, says the Lord of hosts. But these are not the times to draw back. No, because we are not of that group, but we are those that march forward into the plan and the purpose of God. So rejoice as you've been taught. Declare, decree, say what it is that I've said. And so the will of God shall be manifested within your life. For there are many in which I desire to bring to pass the things which I've promised. And so you've heard, both in word and deed, that which can be done for those who believe. So draw not back, nor say, how can it be? But rather say, yes, it will be. And so the will of God shall manifest itself as it was determined long ago. And you will rejoice and you will be blessed. And the goodness of God shall shine forth within your life. And you can then say, oh, look what the Lord has done. And you'll be able to rejoice and testify and declare of that which I have wrought in your life, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. 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 I think there's some more. Kensla Frey Peskedenjidabai. Non sla fre pash ne stutambere gera. Ididiosom. It's not Kalashtane Morangorasa. It's not Bambre Kastungurupa Ephra Besme. No, this is what it is de la frepeke, and Nambro is daskiste, and lambrakes so that the will of God can be done in the earth. The will of God must be done in the earth. And so it shall come to pass in the lives of those who come forward and to declare and decree that which I have spoken. And yes. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. For there will be those things that are wrought. No, you will not see the demise of the church. No, you will not see the loss of those that are within the church. But you will see the blessing of God resting upon them strong. So be part of what it is that I have planned. Say yes to the will of God in your life. And you will watch and see, declare and rejoice over what it is that I'm doing in these last days, says the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. Praise your holy name forever, Father. Oh, Father, help us not to draw back not to be of those, Father God, that don't believe. Father, let us be of the company that do believe. And let us be those, Father, who declare what it is that you have spoken, unashamedly and boldly, to do that which is right in the earth today. And God, I just thank you so much for being a part of that company, for being a part of the church that which you have raised up for these last days. Father, we thank you for your blessing, Father, in Jesus' name, and everybody said amen. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Raise your hand one more time, let's thank you, praise God. Father, we love you tonight. Oh, thank you for speaking to our heart, for encouraging us. Father God, for those that have been delivered, Father, from discouragement, in despair, and in dismay. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Jesus. Oh, Samarala <laughs> Pefe. Yeah, glory to God. You know, if you've been dis. <laughs> Woo <clears throat> You did this. <laughs> Hallelujah. You've been you've been fighting uh, discouragement. I want you to come down right now. Come on. Come on.